You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be here with you uh, this morning on this uh, beautiful day. A little bit cool on the outside, but uh, it's not quite as difficult when you travel by car and you have a nice warm place to meet in, is it? So it's great to be here today with you. Today we're looking at the uh, topic of how will the world be saved? Well, let me tell you, like the Blues Brothers, we can all say to ourselves, well, I'm on a mission from God. And it's uh, God's mission to the world, isn't it? And uh, God's given us, you know, you and me, the great privilege to be part of God's mission to the world. Uh, The mission to reach the whole world with the good news about Jesus. And uh, the question is, you know, what am I doing to obey God's great commandment that he's given to each one of us? Let's pray. Father God, uh, open our hearts and open our minds this morning as we come before you. Help us to understand uh, something more from your word and... um, Help us to um, apply your word to our own lives so that we can become more like you, more like Jesus, in whose precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know how people say um, that, you know, if something's too good to be true, then it probably is. Well, that's a little bit like the gospel, isn't it? The gospel is good news. In fact, it is great news. Uh, The world needs the gospel. The word gospel actually means this news is almost too good to be true. But it is true. And it's incredible. It's incredibly good. And it's good for me and it's good for you and it's good for everyone. As Paul reminds us in this very passage, how beautiful are the feet of him who brings this good news to us and uh, announces it to you and to me and to the whole world. Throughout the book of Romans, actually, Paul really refers to the gospel. He talks about it as being his gospel, but not that this gospel uh, is his gospel in the sense that he came up with the idea or that he invented it or something like that, but it's The gospel that Jesus gave to him directly. As Paul says in Galatians chapter 1 and verses 11 to 12. For I would have you know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was preached by me isn't man's gospel. For I didn't receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through the revelation of of Jesus Christ. Paul, you know, he was so affected by the gospel himself that he claimed it as his own because he just lived and breathed the gospel in his own life. He this message just oozed out of this man. And as he says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, it is the power of God for salvation. To everyone who believes. Paul was definitely a man set apart, called. He was 
literally ordained by the Christian community of his time to be a minister of the gospel by the will of God. It's amazing when you think about it, isn't it? I mean, who would have ever thought that this guy here who before this was actually literally hunting down and killing Christians. This man considered himself um, the chief of all sinners, that he would become the apostle to the Gentiles, the great preacher of God's word to all the people uh, around that area of the Mediterranean. Yet when Paul experienced it for himself, when God's you know, incredible grace and mercy came upon Paul's life, he knew, he knew that this news wasn't too good to be true, that it was true. So now, in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, in today's passage, Paul reminds us that this good news must be passed on to other people, must be passed on to all people, in fact. Paul uses four questions here, actually, as an incentive, uh, as an incentive to send out missionaries, as an incentive to send people out to all the world, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Four penetrating questions, really, to instruct and to persuade uh, us about how serious we need to take his work, this world mission that we all have from God. So let's have a look at these four questions from Paul right now, just as applicable today as it was at that time. The first question from verse 14 is, how can they call on him? in whom they haven't believed. Did you know that um, every 50 seconds, 100 people die around the world? And of those 100 people, something like 32 of them are secularists. That is, you know, they're atheists or agnostic. Uh, they don't care about Jesus. They don't uh, worry about Jesus. In fact, they don't worry about any God at all. Uh, something like 20 are Muslim, uh, and they, they worship a God of judgment, and they scoff, really, at the thought of Jesus being God at all. Uh, 15 come from a Hindu background where they worship millions of different gods who somehow help them through uh, evolving, through reincarnation to salvation, uh, to become, as I say, um, one absolute with the soul. About five are Buddhists. Uh, Buddhists who, uh, you know, Buddhists don't actually believe in a personal God, but rather through self-denial and through emptying themselves of a personal desire, seek to reach Nirvana. Uh, and Nirvana is where they believe that they become one with the universe. And then we're left with 28, and 28 are Christians or people who identify with, with different Christian uh, faiths uh, areas. Uh, many of them may only be Christian by name, and some of them are taught that 
um, even as a Christian, that you have to work your way to heaven. So we're left with something like six to seven of those 28 who are actually have a, a saving faith. They have a personal relationship with Jesus. A personal relationship with Jesus as their saviour and Lord. And so there we have a picture, don't we, of how the gospel has reached the community. There is so much work to do. And Paul understood, you know, that people can't speak to God. They can't speak to a God that they've never heard about. They need to know. They need to be able to understand who this God is before they can reach out to him. You can't reach out to a God that you don't know. If people don't have a a real biblical understanding of who God is, about what he is like, what his character is, how could they possibly call out to him? Now, Jesus walked, you know, the dusty roads of Palestine some 2,000 years ago. And yet there are still way too many people who have never heard about Jesus. They don't know who he is. They don't know why he came to earth. The Greeks in Athens had um, an altar to an unknown God. And this is a picture of it here. Imagine having an altar to an unknown God and then Paul comes along and he begins to tell them, to explain to them who this God is, this unknown God to them. And we need to tell people today about who our God is. Then he moves on into uh, his second question. How are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? How can they know a God who they've never heard about? Now, for those of us here today uh, who live in this uh, country of Australia, which has got got a majority Christian uh, background, you know, we just, well, for us, we don't even think about uh, the fact of um, not hearing about Jesus. You know, we've just grown up with it. Uh, the God of the Bible is, is, is known in this community after all. Uh, it's all around us. You can hear about Jesus on the radio, on TV. You can read the books, social media. Uh, people talk about Jesus. Uh, people around you do. Uh, we get so used to it, it's uh, no big deal to us. We can't imagine what it must be like to live in a community where, you know, it, it's, it's not a Christian land at all. There's no Christian background in that community where Christianity is not part of the scene at all. In fact, it might even be banned or scorned, kept out of our understanding. Just imagine for a moment that you, as old as you are today, that you had never heard about Jesus. Just imagine that. Hard to imagine, I know, but just imagine that you'd never heard about Jesus up to this stage in your life. You'd never heard about a God who loves you. Never heard about a God of mercy. You'd only heard, maybe, about a God of judgment. Never heard about a God of grace. Only about working your way to heaven. What if you'd never heard 
about a God who would die for you. And imagine hearing about such a God at the end of your life rather than at the beginning of your life. Imagine living without God all of those days. And then finally, you know, right at the end of your life, then you learn the truth. What would you say to that person who came and told you the truth at the end of your life? Why did it take so long? Why didn't you come sooner? Why didn't someone tell me earlier in my life? I've got my parents and family and friends and they've died without knowing, without hearing this message. Why did it take so long? You might have heard about the 1040 window. Uh, It refers to countries who are between 10 and 40 degrees north of the equator. And in this area of the world, it contains the poorest people in the world, but also those who've got the very least access to the gospel. Uh, Most of them tend to be uh, Muslim and Hindu and Buddhist, uh, animists and, and atheists, and these are very much the most unreached people in the world, where, in fact, their governments tend to oppose Christian missionary work. People can't come there uh, to tell uh, their community about Jesus. It uh, covers something like uh, 6,000 different people groups and 3-plus billion people uh, around the world who we would call unreached. And by unreached, I mean not only don't they know the gospel... But they've got such little access or opportunity uh, to be able to hear the gospel or to be able to respond to the gospel. This means that for these people to hear the good news of Jesus, then someone, somebody needs to go over to them. Somebody's got to cross over cultural barriers and, and language barriers in order to be able to tell these people about Jesus. And uh, a very few people are willing to do that kind of really, really hard work. Now, the third question. The third question is, how are they to hear without someone preaching to them? How can anyone hear about God unless someone is willing to go over to them And be willing to preach and tell the truth. Unless someone goes, they will never hear the gospel. You know, I can see God in creation. And I can read a book about God. I can read the Bible myself. But but in the end, I actually need somebody to come over and and, and tell me about Jesus, explain about Jesus, uh, answer all of my questions that I might have to Someone who would live it out in, in real life so that I can, you know, you know, I need to see God. I need, I need to feel God. I need to be able to touch God. And that's what a person does when they come over and tell me about God themselves. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. You know, in a country here like Australia, you know, where we are, 
saturated with the Bible, aren't we? Our society is built on Christian values, even though they are diminishing. It is built on Christian values. But what if the country you came from wasn't like that? How long would it take you to understand the good news? The news about you know, faith alone, in Christ alone, through grace alone. In Acts chapter 8, we have the uh, incredible story of the Ethiopian eunuch. And he was reading the word of God as he was uh, traveling. He was reading it actually on a scroll. And then it goes on in Acts chapter 8 and verses 30 to 31. It says, Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? It's only when Philip opened his mouth and explained from the Bible to the Ethiopian eunuch the good news about Jesus. Then only could he understand and and then make his own decision, which he did do. And uh, in fact was baptised right there and then. And there we have the beginning of the church in Ethiopia through this one man. It was the preaching of the gospel that converted thousands of people on the day of Pentecost. It was the preaching of the gospel that overthrew all of the idols of the Roman Empire and the Roman Empire became a Christian. It was the preaching of the gospel that brought about the Protestant uh, Reformation. It was the preaching of the gospel that brought God's word, that penetrates the hearts of men and women like you and me. But we need God's word, you know, translated into our own language, into our own mother tongue. And uh, we need people, we need missionaries who are uh, willing to go over and, and tell that good news to other people. And then finally, we have the last, the fourth question. How are they to preach unless they've been sent? So how can a person come over to me to tell me about Jesus when I'm in a different country, when I have a different culture, where I use a different language, unless they've been sent? Being sent there for that very purpose. Being sent there by a Christian community like, like us. Supported and, and prayed for and loved and cared for so that they can do that work. To, to be encouraged to continue to do it into the long term. After all, I'm not likely to believe the first time I've been told, am I? It can take time and lots of patience and loving care for someone to not only hear the gospel but have the opportunity to understand it well enough to be able to respond to it. Probably need to be told in many different ways. I don't have the background or understanding to to appreciate it the first time I hear it. And living the reality of God right here where I am, so that I can see God through that person as well. 
Yes, someone needs to be sent and supported to do an important work like that. Do you want those who've never heard to hear about Jesus? If you're thankful for um, uh, your own faith, for the own opportunity that you've had, if you've been blessed by God in your own life, then what are we doing in order to tell others about Jesus? We want others to have the same opportunity, don't we, that we have. I want them, I want to see them in heaven with me. So how can we you know, get involved in global missions ourselves? Well, one thing we could do is I could go myself. <laughs> like the missionaries that we've sent out from this church, from Pasco Vale, Rachel, as, uh, as Rick uh, prayed for who's involved in Bible translation in the Northern Territory, or Leslie and Sami, uh, who are doing cross-cultural mission uh, there in North Africa, you know, bringing the gospel to a community who've never heard at all. And Julian, uh, with his wife Lynette and Mercy, who are like national workers, are reaching their own community in India. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, it says, the harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. So what should my response to be to a prayer like that? As Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go before us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. Lord, why not send me? But, you know, if we don't go, we are the ones who are to support those who do go. We send them out. We support them. You know, we support them financially. We support them in other ways as well. You know, they've sacrificed a lot in order to be able to go uh, overseas and tell other people about the gospel. I mean, they've given up their jobs and careers. Uh, for us, it, it's a privilege to give and to support them. They're not labouring alone. We are with them. We're behind them 100%. In uh, 3 John chapter uh, verses 6 to 8, it says, You do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. We are fellow workers with them as we support them. We support them, you know, not just as our missionaries. We support them as our friends. So thirdly, of course, we should be praying for them. Making, we, we can make sure we you know, get their regular prayer updates, be praying earnestly for them, be in touch with them, in fact. If we can, we need to encourage them in the work that they're doing. 
Let them know that we're, we're, we're backing them up 100%, that we're praying for them. And not just praying, but being that kind of friend who cares for them. You know, we can do that with at least one of the missionaries that we have in our church. We can't maybe do it for all of them, but we can choose one and really get behind them, let them know that we're behind them, supporting them, uh, see how we can help them out. I know people who've done things like uh, send gifts overseas uh, at uh, particular times in their lives or uh, just a package of something special that they might like. Uh, when they come home to visit, we can be the person who really supports them and invites them to our home and maybe provides them with, with help and support when they come here. Sometimes they might need a car or transport of some type, uh, someone to maybe stock up the shelves in the house that they're going to be staying in. Who knows what we can do to support them, uh, not only as just you know, a missionary of our church, but as a friend of theirs. I heard this uh, African proverb. It says this. There's only one crime worse than murder in the desert. And that's to know where the water is and not tell. To know where the water is and not tell. We know where the living water is. It's Jesus. We've got the greatest news in the world. God forgives every sinner who trusts in the name of Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. We've got to tell everyone about that. Everyone. What am I doing to obey God's great commission? All of us, we are all on a mission from God. Let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks for your great commission to reach the world, the uttermost parts of the earth, with the good news of Jesus, that they're in heaven, they will stand, they will sing, people from every tongue, from every nation, from every tribe, from every single people group. And we give you great thanks for that, Lord. There are people out there who, who need to hear. And Lord, we want to tell them. Help us, Lord, to be part of your great work, uh, your great commission of bringing the gospel to all the earth. Thank you, Lord, that you came into our lives, that there was a person who brought the good news of Jesus to us as well. Thank you that we have the privilege, Lord, of being part of your work in telling others about Jesus. Help us to do that, Lord, in our own way. The work that you have given to all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.